What's up? This is Dominique Bomonte, and you are listening to Season with Salt, the podcast. This fall, I am making a renewed uh, commitment to focus. And I'm calling this the fall of focus. And the reason why I am doing that is because in making an assessment of areas of my life that I have not been fully committed to, I realized that failures in those areas have been a direct result of my inability to focus. Some of the missed opportunities in my life have been the result of me not dedicating my time, my talent, and my treasure to focusing. And if I'm being honest, sometimes I start things and I never circle back to them. I'm guilty of misusing my free time to do things that don't feed my purpose. And then I'm sure you can identify with this later on, experiencing really deep regret when others seem to be enjoying the fruit of their focus. And what I have learned is that the lack of focus backs you in a corner that only true focus can get you out of. So I am in what should be the final year of seminary. And to be honest, I don't know if I ever really prioritized cemetery, cemetery, seminary. <laughs> Things have died certainly in seminary, uh, including my great. Uh, but I don't know if I've ever really focused as hard as I could have. I mean, in, initially, I was really focused and excited and honored. Uh, I did the work and I did whatever I could to meet the deadlines, but. I don't think I did so in a way that resulted in the best possible grades or a timely finish. I should be finished. And I'm not going to circle the wagon and try to make myself feel good or say positive things necessarily about this experience because the situation that I am in is a as a direct result, as I've said, um, of me not having the discipline to stay focused. I have nine remaining classes that I need to get an A minus or better to graduate. And all of the last four years of coursework literally come down to my ability to give these last nine classes my undivided attention. And I know that this is true for a lot of things in my life, not just finishing seminary. And if you're human, I'm certain that this is true for a lot of things in your life, relationships, ministry, professions, and just other priorities that really require focus 
if we want to live a life without regret or circling our wagon. So I had to really take some deep reflection and I had to think about what have been the enemies of my focus? Where have I um, fallen short when it comes to focus? And I see myself as Peter on that boat when Jesus is saying to him, walk on water, come to me. And when Peter is walking, like he starts seeing the waves rather than seeing the person that's calling him. I'm that person. I am like laser focus on the waves. <laughs> it's like, uh, I'm like, I can get like really invested in like trying to scoop water out of the ocean to make it more walkable. I mean, listen, I can go, I can, we can, this, this episode can be all about that, but I want to stay focused. I really thought about three things that have been barriers to focus. Number one is procrastination. And it's not, it's a, it's a healthy procrastination. And that's one of the reasons why I've never really been down on myself about it or being honest with myself, because it's that type of procrastination where like, there are 16 things to do. As long as you're doing one of the 16 things, then you are focused and you are accomplishing. Well, sometimes I am doing on a list of 16 things, I am doing whatever I like to do the most rather than what I should be prioritizing as the top of my list. Yeah, I know that some of you can identify with that, right? Like you have 16 things to do. You do the easiest stuff first or the stuff that you, you can see a direct and quick benefit from. So procrastination can be very disciplined right like picking the wrong things and then waiting until the last minute when you're when you have less energy less passion less time uh to say okay now i'll do number one and i'm guilty of that i think the other thing is fear right so there's procrastination and there's fear fear is you know feeling inadequate or you're wondering what would be left behind if you just focused on one thing or you get caught into doing something and wondering if not doing that, what that means for your career, what that means for your ministry or what that means for the experience that you could potentially gain. And so the lack of focus uh, can sometimes be driven by like wanting to please other people, right? Wanting to believe that, doing things leads to your long-term trajectory. Therefore, reprioritizing them is is healthy. And a lot of times it's not. So there's procrastination, then there's fear. And then finally, there's a lack of energy or passion. Like sometimes you just don't feel like focusing, right? It's easier not to focus. It's easier to do the things that you love doing as opposed to saying, you know what, I'm going to buckle down. And sometimes that means I'm not going to answer my phone. Sometimes that means I'm not going to turn on my phone or I'm not going to play on the internet or I'm not going to um, allow people to sway me or to invite me to do things. You know, a lot of us have people in our life that have less responsibility. And those tend to be the people who don't mind changing the plan or coming up with new ways of doing things at the last minute because they don't have anything to focus on. And sometimes we let those people, we call them the fun people. We call those the people that like are, are good to be around, but sometimes their lack of 
an agenda or a priority, like often means that we jump on their bandwagon and we become like the victim of their lack of priority. And so then we've wasted all of our time and our talent and our energy and our passion doing things that aren't beneficial to our long-term trajectory. And we are left with just being tired in our body, being sleepy. So I came up with five questions that I needed to really ask myself in order to be better or to be more focused. And I'm using my own self as an example, but I pray that you find yourself in some of the things that I'm saying. Maybe it's not seminary or ministry or your profession for you, but maybe it is just the, the, the starting a family or getting married or changing a job um, or starting a ministry. Like there are lots of things that get us off focus. So I had to ask myself some questions. Like, how did I get to this place? What, what do I need to think critically about in order to make change? Because reading somebody else's story or, this, or reading a magazine or reading a book, listen, there are so many books out there that will help you um, to hone in and become more focused. But how do you prioritize reading a book when you're already unfocused, when you're already behind, when you're already like up against a wall. Sometimes that can be hard. So I don't have time to take on a new podcast or read a new book or get uh, adding a counselor or a coach might even be more time consuming than just figuring out what to do. So here are the questions that I ask myself. Number one, what have I been avoiding that needs my time and attention? Maybe it's my taxes. Um, what have I been avoiding that needs my time and attention? Number two, what do I waste time doing that generally profits me little? What do I waste time doing that generally profits me little? What do I waste my time doing that generally profits me little? I mean, that list is long for me because I will make up things to do for other people, in fact, to not be accountable to what I need to do. And then I'll feel good about it because I did it for somebody else. But then later on, I'll be like, I got to see because of it. All right. Number three, who are the people that promote, who are the people particularly that I promote, advance, help, support more than I do for myself? Y'all, I had to come to the realization that a lot of my problems have to do with my inability to take what I tell other people to do and do it for myself. And I'm not talking about it from a hypocritical way. I'm talking about like, I can coach you into finding your own self, a new job, getting out of a bad career choice. I mean, I can do that for other people. It, it's not as easy for me. I've talked people into changing their resume and applying for jobs that they feel unqualified for. I've talked people out of, um, you know, mindsets where they feel unworthy about their potential. I mean, I have done some talking out. I've talked people out of things that I'm stuck in. And again, not from a space of hypocrisy, but so it's just easier. Have you ever, like? well, I'll just tell you. I can edit somebody else's work very well, especially written work. I have a keen eye for reviewing um, the details associated with a lot of different, um, whether it be graphic design or websites or writing, I have a keen eye for that. But let me tell you when that all goes out the window, 
when I am the designer or I am the writer, I cannot see my own deficiency. Like sometimes I am shocked when I ask other people to help me edit things and they say, did you mean to spell your name wrong? <laughs> it is wild, right? And so I had to realize that if I'm going to be successful in life, because let me tell y'all something. Let me tell y'all something. I'm getting off of the beaten path. But I want to say that sometimes, and I see this a lot, and I don't mean to be rude, and I am a victim of this as well. I've done this to myself. There are some really tacky looking people that have some really great advice around branding. Like I see some people that I know didn't comb their hair for the sake of ministering to other people. I see some people that I know like can can give you the tools and the tips and the techniques to be successful in your brand strategy, but I know do not own one for themselves. And guess what? People can tell. People can look at you and be like, oh my gosh, how are you going to tell me how to lose weight when clearly losing weight is not a priority for you, right? So you can be well informed, you can be very knowledgeable about something and be ill-equipped to help other people because of the way that you decide to help yourself. And so that's why I had to really realize this. I was on a, and I'll tell you really what got me to thinking about all of this. I was on Clubhouse one um, weekend and I enjoy a lot of the podcast um, rooms on Clubhouse. They're talking about developing and promoting your Clubhouse, your, your, your brand and such. And I went into a room that talked about promotion of self and brand and podcasts. And I happened to be the first person that was in the room and they were inviting people on stage. And so I went on stage and I started asking questions about, you know, ways that I could promote my podcast. And somehow or another, I got into talking about my own profession and what I do for other people. And the person who was leading the discussion was like, so you do this for other people, but you've not done it for yourself, but you want to do it for more people. And I was like, well, yeah. He's like, listen, if you want to be a self-help guru, this is not what I want to be, but I'm paraphrasing what he said. If you want to be a self-help guru, you got to help yourself first. And I was just sitting there in shock because I, I just, I was like, what? Shut up. No, really? I have been ignoring myself. And not in a way, but I have, I mean, I've gone to the mall, right? Like, I mean, I take care of my hygiene. I bought a couple pairs of shoes. I go to five places. I know how to turn on portrait mode on my camera and, and, and give y'all a good look. That's not what he was talking about, right? He was talking about, am I consistently putting the same energy and passion into my own brand as I'm putting in other people's brand? And the answer was no, because the reality is if I was putting the same energy into my brand as I'm putting in other people's brand, then there were some, there would be some people that would not even be benefiting from my services because I would be so highly sought after because my own brand matched what I was creating for other people. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? Anyway, so I had to think about that. Who I'm advancing these other people, 
But have I, and it's not even, I'm, this is not an invitation to be selfish, right? Because sometimes we we get into those spaces. There are some really selfish people that don't need to even be thinking about what less they can do for other people and how more they can do for themselves. So get out, if you're selfish and you know it, ask a, ask a close family member if you're selfish because they, they will tell you the truth. A cousin or somebody that's already critical of you. Because, you know, you, you sometimes need to know if people believe that you to be selfish. Now, you got to, every, it, uh, I'm, that's not what this is about. Anyway, so the number four question is, what resources do I need to focus? Okay, for me, I need, I know that as I'm going into um, this new um, season, uh, of whether it be academia or ministry or whatever, I know that I need space and time to focus. I need clean and clear space with clean lines. I need all of my books and writing materials accessible. I need coffee. I need I need to have an environment that is conducive to thriving and focusing. So that means that I have to re-evaluate the way that I live, right? Th- that means maybe I need to get, you know, someone to come and clean up again, or maybe I need to, you know, rent a, a space, or maybe I need to go to the office sometimes when I know I have a lot of Deadlines, that can mean a lot of things, but I think it's really important to focus on that. Um, And then finally, like what's hindering me from starting? I'm gonna read these questions again. What have I been avoiding that needs my attention? What do I waste time doing that generally profits me little? Who are the people that I promote, advance, help, support more than I do for myself? What are the resources that I need to focus and what is hindering me? from starting. So as I've reflected about these things over the last couple of days since I've jotted them down, here's a declaration that I'm making out loud that I hope you will think about how it overlaps with your need to focus. I am committed to focusing on reaching my current academic goals, and I'm unashamed to say that I need focus in this area. Number two, I know that this means prioritizing myself over projects that I either create or that people create for me. I've got to learn to say no for the sake of saying yes to something that is more uh, important. And then finally, I will make the following changes to my life that will make focusing more realistic. And I jotted down uh, a number of things that I can do differently, because if I'm going to be committed to focus, I cannot act like the patterns in my life don't matter, right? And so I'm focused on evaluating the patterns in my life so that I can better focus, so that I can finish the things that I have started and that I, and so that I can start new things, new opportunities, new things uh, that will benefit my long-term trajectory, whether that be ministry or relationships or personal or professional. So I want to thank you for the, taking the time to listen. I want to invite you into um, a season of focus. I want to invite you into some time of reflection for yourself. And I want to remind you that focus is possible for you and that you are equipped to prioritize yourself. If you have not been doing that, you are equipped to find balance in areas that you need to have balance in. And also, I want to challenge you to commit to identifying resources to help you do that. And you will know what those resources are. Maybe they're people. Maybe they're systems. 
maybe their practices, but commit to identifying areas where you can improve, where you can be a better version of yourself as a result of focus. I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to my podcast, Season with Salt. I want to invite you to subscribe to my podcast. I want to thank you uh, for your continued support. And I want to encourage you to share this with someone else that you think might benefit from it. You can do so uh, by following me and sharing this podcast to your social media on a number of different platforms. We're privileged to be on 11 different podcast platforms, which include Google, Spotify, Apple, Anchor. So please, please, please take the time uh, to share with someone who you think might benefit. I want to remind you that the Bible says that our words should be seasoned with salt so that we know how to answer every man. And I want to encourage you to study to show yourself approved and to be um, the light on a hill that God has called you to be. Have a fantastic and focused week. Season with soul, with soul, with soul.